0: This is at the turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello! Welcome into another episode of At the Turn. Nick and Joe back with you. That was our first week off in about fifteen months, I think. Nick, we had a pretty steady diet of episodes, and been doing uh, pretty good. we needed we needed a little winter break, you know. We earned a little holiday vacation. Indeed, and we took advantage of it. Um, Things were relaxing for me, not so much in the Heidelberger household, but everything is great now because everyone's happy, healthy, and the Michigan Wolverines are champions of the world.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny. Somebody was asking me going into the game, and I'm always, you know, I've I've been a fan of all the Detroit and Michigan sports teams, so I'm a little bit apathetic. Uh, Somebody was asking me before the game, like, uh, on that Monday, like, man, are you excited? Like, who do you think is going to win? I'm like, you know what? I don't know. It feels like whoever wins this title, it's it's going to be rescinded in three years anyways, so you know, we'll enjoy it while it lasts, and if it gets stripped in a couple years, you know, we will we'll, we can't say we didn't see it coming.
0: I guess I never thought about that. It is uh, a bit of an asterisk title because of, what, Johnny, who uh, was stealing signals? <laughs> do you, you even view that as a scandal? I, I don't give no. a shit. Who I mean, cares? I think,
1: like, by the letter of the law, it, it, he may have, th- there may have been rules broken, but I mean, like, get a life yeah Again, just I'm sure there are more serious violations that have, been, <laughs> that have yeah. been committed somewhere behind closed doors well many
0: congratulations to you and to all the Michigan fans out there we're gonna have a bit of a grab bag today gonna talk about match play I played in a match play match over the I guess the holidays which feels like Four months ago now but it was just a few weeks back uh, i won a golf tournament since our last episode yeah. it was unfortunately it was on december 30th so i have not won a tournament in 2024 that was one of my goals for the year so yeah, ask with- you about that.
1: Can, we, can we jump into that real quick do you want to um, do you want to start with that yeah i mean okay a golf tournament, it seems like a pretty good <laughs> pretty good headliner um okay so tell us so just tell us what happened, first of all?
0: Yeah, so it's uh, it was at Stone Creek at the, the, the course that I'm part of the men's club, and I was sort of hemming and hawing whether or not I was going to play two-man scramble, and I decided last minute, you know what? Let's do it. I got my buddy Derek, who's a pretty good player. He's a, he's a two, but his game's very similar to mine, where he's a feel player, doesn't really mess around with a lot of uh, data, you know, more of just... Sees it, feels it, rips it, plays fast. Very, very low ceiling, very, very high floor. So again, we're very, very similar players in that regard. And we got off to a slow start. I hit a par five and two, uh, burned the edge on an eagle putt from forty feet. He rolled it in, and then from there we were just cooking. So the four made the
1: forty footer after after you almost made it.
0: That's that's why. So we 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 tied for first. Um, On the scorecard playoff, we actually did win. So we technically won, but we both shot 65. Uh, I thought 66 would get it done. We had a 65 and... We got it. So to back up a little bit, the format was really, really fun. It was called a scramble ramble. So you start from the forward tees. So we started from the gold tees, which are the senior tees. And how you do on the hole determines your position for the next hole. So if you birdie, you move back. If you bogey, you move up. So essentially, once you get a couple under, you're going to play from the tips. So we got to three under and we made eagle from the whites. So we had to play from the tips the rest of the way out. And we only had one bogey so we played from the tips almost the the entire way and the one bogey we made was pretty tough it's probably the toughest par four in portland it's 460 from the tips you have to land it something like 200 yards short of the green because there's a forced carry but you can't fly it the rain was pouring down and we were hitting into the wind so it wasn't a terrible bogey uh And we just gave ourselves birdie chances every single hole. That was the only stress we had. I think we both rolled in two or three putts of over 30 feet. Um, I made, I think, two natural birdies. He made a couple natural birdies. We were just cooking. We actually had a really good look for birdie on our 17th hole, which was one. And we were following on Golf Genius. We knew it was probably to win, and it lipped out. And then we lipped out another one on the next hole. But, again, we told ourselves, are we really going to be mad at tying for first in this golf tournament? Because I texted him. I said, hey, man, do you want to win a golf tournament this Saturday? He said, sure. And then we did. So it was a pretty awesome feeling. It was gross. So we actually won the tournament. uh, And now I can officially buy the wedges that I want. And I'm going to email the golf pro this weekend to... I've 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 done the homework I nerded out I went to Golf Galaxy I checked the grinds the bounce the degrees so I'm ready oh, to go for you yeah I know I felt like oh, uh God. pretty 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 proud of myself for taking that step okay
1: well here's the episode because I have so many more questions okay great okay. so you stated in our last episode your goal for 2024 was to win a golf tournament you won this on the eve of New Year's Eve you are you are a champion of a golf tournament is that goal accomplished or or it doesn't count?
0: It just makes me hungry for more, Nick. It makes <laughs> me hungry for more. And I'm not saying that facetiously. It it's sort of like a culmination of all the stuff that's good in my golf game with none of the bad aftertaste, right? Cause even though we were playing a scramble, it's not like when we played in the corner club open, there was a hole where you hit an excellent approach shot. And I was so sort of uh, impressed and flabbergasted that I, that I just sort of hit it my so
1: sh- It was our 34th hole of the week. And I finally had a good <laughs> shot and you were like, Oh my God, what do I do? How to just blast us out of bounds?
0: <laughs> That's exactly what happened. But to be fair, it wasn't a good shot. It was an excellent shot. You like striped a seven iron into the wind to like seven feet. We both missed the putt, but it was a good yeah, shot. It was a good, look. Yeah, it was a good shot. Nonetheless, um, no, man, it was it was it, it was awesome, but I definitely feel as though 2024 is a totally clean slate. But it gives me a lot of confidence. I, I don't I don't remember ever having more confidence going into an off season than I do right now because I had a really good round, like legitimately. I posted a seventy nine playing well. Then I cashed in the 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 one club tournament that I played over Black Friday. And then I win this weird tournament now and I feel like it's really gonna allow me to carry momentum as I go into I mean look, we're only six weeks away from the start of posting season in Oregon. So we're preseason has begun. We're almost there, you know? Pitchers and catchers are reporting as far as yeah. I'm concerned.
1: Um okay I'm going to sneak this in there, and Let's then I go. have another question for you. Go. I, I'm going to play – I believe I'm going to play an official round of golf in like 11 days or like nine days. I'm going to Florida, oh. and I think i have got to sneak in a round of golf while I'm there. Are you going to see Smoothie? No, wait. He's in Hawaii. No, he's in Hawaii. <sighs> he's in Hawaii. Um, okay. Well, that's great. Give me the give me the 30-second elevator pitch on the wedges. I mean, I assume they're Vokies. Is thats that is – that...
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's about as boring as you can get. It's, okay. it's essentially exactly what I have right now. I thought about trying to replace all of them, but I'm only going to replace the lob wedge and the sand wedge, because I have a gap wedge that is a tailor-made rack wedge, which is by far my favorite club in my bag. I love it from the fairway. I love it from short distance. I can get really creative with it. I can hit it really hard, and I just feel confident with it. And I thought about replacing that club, but I just see no reason to do it, right? Just for a little bit more spin, I don't think so. So I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to get a new 56, a new 60 with the exact specifications that I have right now. There you go. Love it. Yeah. So just going to get brand new spin on the wedges. Um, I'm pretty pumped. I should have them in time for when real golf starts. All I have to do is send an email to the pro. They're going to take my book money, and I'm going to pick up a couple wedges. So That's awesome. I'm pretty fired up about it. Cool. Good for you. Thank you. So tell me what's going on with Florida. You're going, you're, you're, is that like a business trip? Is it pleasure? You're going to play golf? What's going on? Where you playing? Uh, TPC PG- Sawgrass? PGA, well,
1: well, the PGA show. Oh, um, sure. Orlando. So I'm going, going down for that. And the, the demo day where you go and, you know, the all the, the big hula is, is Tuesday morning. So mm-hmm. I booked a flight to get down there Monday. And then like, you know, 48 hours after I booked it, they, they, changed the flight schedule. And now I leave Providence at 530 AM and it goes straight to Orlando. So I'm getting into Orlando at like seven or 8 AM, on like the day before I have any obligations and, and sure it's a work day. Um, but I think, I think I might head up to the winter park nine. I don't know if you've ever heard of that course. No, It's kind of a, you know, for like the golf weirdos, it's kind of like a famous Muni. Um, it's, it's a nine hole course. Um, a little outside of Orlando, um, uh, but they've like recently renovated it with like within the last 10 years, and now it's just like a, a cool hipster muni. So, I'm gonna see if they have a just set a of Instagram lefties Instagram, you know, like yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so I'm gonna see if they, like no laying up went there, you know, already, mm, so you know, sure. so, so, so you know how cool it is. Um, so if they, if they got a few, uh, a a shot few at no laying things. up, well, yeah, yeah, it is a little bit. Okay, they're, they're, a, little, they're a little too cool for school, I, I think, these days. Oh, I like that um, take. Um, Anyways, yeah. So I'm gonna go. I think that's what I'm gonna. I think that's what I'm gonna do.
0: Yeah, but it's not. It's not gonna be worth bringing the sticks because you're. You know, you're just gonna not
1: gonna bring my sticks. No, no, I'm not. Not gonna do that. But if they've got, I mean, all I need is. You know, five clubs. Are you going to take the step of,
0: of, of making a simple phone call and finding out in thirty seconds, or are you just going to show up and see what happens?
1: Well, I, I will tell you, I did make a phone call about four days ago, and nobody answered. And I, it's been on my to do list every day to to call them back. Um, and I haven't I haven't gotten to it. They don't take public tea times, um, outside of a three day booking window. So I'm a little concerned about that. Oh. Um, but huh. it, it's <laughs> but it's Florida, so if if they won't have me, somewhere will. <laughs>
0: Sure. So you show up, see what happens. If they don't have a lefty set, you go a half mile down the road and just play whatever's next door.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think I'll, I'll book a tee time and uh, I'll call before I do. So I'll make sure they've got, you know, like I said, I need a putter and like four other clubs, and I'll be fine.
0: I love that. I love that for you. A um,
1: lot of lot of Amazon packages let, let, getting let, delivered let,
0: right now. It sounds like over I, there. I know. Sorry.
1: <laughs> let me ask you this: Do you do you post? Okay. So so if you're in my shoes, mm. you jet down to Florida. It's it's your off season. Um, but you're playing in a place where the season it's a, it's the live season. You're using a set of rentals. You know, maybe you've got a who knows what kind of clubs you're playing. Uh, I mean, I, I I think the USGA would would be leaning over my shoulder saying, Nick, you better post this round. Is that is that, is that what you do? Well,
0: uh, I think you may. have. And if I
1: shoot a low score, obviously I do. But, but let's just assume that, I, you know, it's still a work in progress.
0: I think I think you may have um, taken care of that by by accident. Have you have you renewed your your handicap yet?
1: Um, i i'm sure the usga has my credit card information and they just bill it at will
0: (laughs) no but like if you were to because i like went down to stone creek and i've like signed up for 2024 at the end of 23 so mine automatically renews what i'm saying is i would suspect that you don't have a live gin right now because it hasn't been renewed so under the letter of the law i think you're okay letting this one go however like you said if you hang a nice number on the board and you want that thing to count, especially, and we'll talk to Gretchen soon about this, because even if it's a nine,
1: that thing's going to post right away now, as far as I understand sure. it. That's true. That, that is true. Um, and let's be honest. like it, it doesn't even take that good of a number to lower my handicap at this point. Like I could probably go out and shoot like 96 and knock a stroke off my index right now.
0: I really think that we need to have a collective goal of getting in the gold flight at the Corner Club Open. Okay. I'm because cool really, all that means is I'm trying to think because it's it is isn't it a maximum seven stroke differential yeah. between us? I mean,
1: it, it's kind of on you, really, because <laughs> so if I get down to a two, just, we're in. Mine's just you plus seven unless I unless I get a lot better in a <laughs> short period seven. of time. That's um, tough. That- so. we're we're always, like, like right on the cusp. I know.
0: And frankly, it's the worst place to be because that means we're only in line for gross. Being the worst in the gold flight is the best possible place to be in. Because that means if we do great, we maybe have a chance at outside gross money. But we definitely won net. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Anyway, we just need to hit the ball in the hole with less strokes and everything will take care of itself.
1: Exactly. We should stop Um, doing all that other stupid stuff.
0: I had a thought winning this golf tournament. And... It's not to this tournament specifically. I think there's an extreme lack of trophies for golf tournaments, period. Because the tournament that I want to play in next weekend is at Wildwood Golf Course, which is, again, incredibly fun. They do a great job with winter tournaments. There's, There's this weird setup where they literally put igloos around a few of the holes so you can only putt from one side. So imagine the hole... Think of it like when you're putting in your office and, you, and you're and you're trying to putt it into like a beer cup, right? Or like a glass. Yeah. You can't hit it from the side or the back. You have to hit it in, in from one direction. So that's exactly what they do at this tournament on a couple of holes. You have to be lined up directly with the hole and putt it in. So even if you're 15 feet from the side, you can't take that one. You have to putt from like 30 feet back. It's really, really Kind of like being stymied. That's exactly right.
1: Built in stymied, yeah. The,
0: the point being, they have a trophy for this tournament, which I think so few organizations and tournaments do like if i was to be this is you know knock on wood if i'm the medalist at the oregon Midham qualifier this year i'm not gonna walk you away you don't want to jinx it <laughs> i shouldn't have even said that out loud i'm not gonna walk away <laughs> with anything i'm just gonna be on golf genius i'm gonna do like a dorky little snip like i did before when i won this last golf tournament and post it posted on instagram to give myself well, some on. credit
1: I don't know if that's true oh, because really? a lot of club championships you're right because people would rather get a new set of vokies than like you know their their 15th you know little trophy but the the golf association events especially like like that's a Oregon Midam I know like the USGA qualifiers like if you're the medalist at the qualifier you you get an actual medal sure uh, I I would bet you get some sort of hardware if you are a medalist at an OGA event I hope
0: I find out. You seem but,
1: pretty confident that that's not the case.
0: Well, I would just be surprised, and I don't really think I can go to the registration and ask
1: because <laughs>
0: because that when I hang cool. an eighty six on the board, it's not going to feel too <laughs> great.
1: Because the second you ask, there's a group text among all the staff that's like, "Hey, keep an eye out for Simon's. This guy asked what what the, if the trophy if the winner gets a trophy? Hey, did um, top
0: sixty two in ties make it this year? How how far does it go?" <laughs>
1: Yeah, you're right. You, you can't ask that.
0: <laughs> I know. So we'll see. Maybe maybe romeo will know. But I just think we need more trophies because, like I talked about on a recent episode, me and my dad got, like, this three-foot-tall trophy, which I was literally at their house today and I forgot to grab. There is <laughs> a three-foot-tall trophy that we won from winning a parent-child tournament in 1998. And, uh, yeah, I just don't think there are many trophies. Like, the, perfect example. The winner of the Corner Club Open divisions should get some sort of trophy. But like, I'd way rather have that than a hundred bucks. Like, take that a hundred bucks and turn it into some sort of like, like even if it's a tiny trophy, I'd way rather have that than any money, wouldn't you? Yeah.
1: Yes, but I think the reason there isn't is because we're the outliers. Like, people would rather get like a a Corona cooler, you know, (laughs) or or like some random whatever it is than a a little trophy. I, I, I think that's the case. I mean, like especially when. Their tournaments hosted by the club, right? You get shop credit. The club, you know, gets gets merchandise money. You know, the, the player gets either like a quarter zip or a or a putter or something. You know, and and everybody's happy. Um, so I think that's the reason. There's too many greedy people out there. Nobody wants trophies anymore. They're not they're not motivated by it. It's, it's the nil era. You know, God, it's so true. Player empowerment. No one wants the hardware except for us.
0: I must say that the sierra nevada chair that i won for winning the long drive years ago is still is still amazing even though lacy hates it because every every time we go camping there i just bring it to a concert or something i just look her and go hey you know how i got this (laughs) (laughs) which is always always a fun bit for our relationship um Okay, let's skip the match play stuff. I don't really care about that. Let's just go to the would-you-rathers. That's way more fun. Um, so these are from Golf Digest, a couple that I've been hanging on to for a while. This one is absolutely hilarious. Okay, so the first one is, Would you ra- what would you rather have happen this year? Okay, here are your four options, Nick. This is related to professional golf. Number one, Rory wins the Masters number two tiger gets his 80 third tour win that would be the most all-time jordan Speeth completes the grand slam which isn't as exciting as you might think that just means he wins the pga championship this year or ricky wins his first major so rory masters tiger breaking the all-time wins record Speith getting the slammer ricky wins his first major what do you want to see the most <laughs>
1: I mean it's this is a real tough one um because all four are so compelling but I guess I would <laughs> I guess I would have to go Tiger. You would go Tiger? Easy. Really? Easy. I don't care about I mean not that I don't care because <laughs> sure. But like you think I'm concerned about Jordan Spieth not completing the career grand slam. Where's Phil Mickelson? Like Phil Mickelson completing the career grand now slam. Now that would now be now something. that would be yes. compelling. Yes,
0: like Speeth is a distant fourth on this list,
1: right? Who cares? I don't know if he is a distant I mean that's the real question is which which of these things do would you care you about least the least? To, yes, which to do you me, care about the least?
0: To me it is Jordan. I I could not care less if he wins a, a golf tournament that they that they just call a major championship with a rough is a little bit longer. I who cares? I, I oh cool, Michael Block finished fifteenth in this tournament and Jordan Spieth won. All right, let's call it a major. Like I don't care. It's it, it, it's it's absolutely fine you okay
1: with ricky winning his first major um come on i don't i don't know if i mean like really the only reason that benefits me is because if ricky is in contention in a major ashley is more you like get to watch the tournament to watch. Yeah. i get to watch the <laughs> tournament that's that's basically where that begins and it's i mean sure that would be cool i'd probably rather see lexi win a major than than ricky this year oh
0: yeah who do you want and to win the usa more lexi or ricky yeah
1: yeah yeah um Rory winning the Masters—that would be cool. That's probably second for me. I I would say that second. I mean, Rory is in a whole different position with his like stance and his his walking back all his comments on Live, and it's like I'm sure he would agree with this. Just like shut up and play golf. Like I'm sure he would rather just shut up and play golf. It's not an insult at Rory. It's just like it's just that we've kind of lost Rory's identity, you know, from like ten years ago.
0: That's really interesting. Um, I suppose I agree. I mean, he's kind of in a tough position, and it's not like, it's kind of the same thing with Rom, right? It's like, the reason no one's mad at Rom is because everyone got screwed on the PGA Tour. Everyone took this big stance, and then it's like, hey, we're going to merge, and we're not going to tell you about it. And it's like, well, fuck you, Monaghan. Have me taking bullets for everybody? And Rory has really no choice but to walk it back now, because he's, (laughs) you know, he's... He's playing in Dubai this week. Uh, we're, we're recording this on Friday afternoon. He's the midway leader um, at the uh, Saudi International uh, Golf Tournament. So, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. To me, it's Ricky. I, Ricky is always um, a compelling figure. When he was the 54-hole leader at the U.S. Open, um, you know, I hung out with Billy Myers and, and, and Billy's dad, and I remember some of the end of that uh, U.S. Open <laughs> that I watched at the Corner Club after after our, uh, taking down of the Silver Division. Um, no, but... I. I just find him to be a really compelling figure. He's the most popular, I think, in many ways. He's still the biggest celebrity on the PGA tour, aside from Tiger. Um, yeah, I to me to me it's Rick. So you'd rather have Rick than than Tiger? I don't think that record means that much to the general public. It probably means a lot to Tiger, but like if you were to ask, um, even like someone who's a pretty big golf fan, like let's take our buddy Nick Martinick for example. Okay? Martinick would be able to tell us that Jack has more majors than Tiger. If I was to ask him, who's Tiger tied with for the most PGA Tour wins of all time? Do you think Nick Martinick would know the answer to that question? Probably not. And it's not a dig at Martinick. Oh. I, I feel like Nick is a, like a, like a way above average knowledgeable sports fan. I just don't think it's a very common figure unless you're like really plugged into this stuff. That Sam Seed and Tiger
1: Woods are tied with 82 PGA Tour wins. For me... For the record part of it, it's like, you know, I, again, going back to like 10 years ago when like you're in a relationship and it's like not official till it's Facebook official, because like there's all sorts of like debate on this record because it, it's neat isn't it? Like right. the, all these, like he was beating high school teams basically um, and, and counting those as wins. So like, it'd be nice to just kind of make it official, but I'm just thinking like the moment itself, like it'd be cool to see Tiger Woods just like compete in a tournament and win it. Like, that in itself would be fun, like, more so than the record.
0: That's a valid point. Like, the 83 is, like, noteworthy, certainly, and it it, it means a hell of a lot, but just Tiger Woods winning a golf tournament, period, would be interesting. Like, if Tiger wins a, a DP World Tour event, that would be amazing. That would be more impressive than all of this stuff. Like, Rory winning the Masters is such a psychological um, mindfuck at this point. Like, I, it, it's it's difficult to even, like, put it up against other things he missed the cut at the masters last year like it's unbelievable that he's he's still in this position with this tournament it'll be fascinating but yeah I think I think ultimately uh for me it's uh it's rick um
1: do you want to talk uh, about by your- the way oh good yeah no you you this bit got me to twitter and oh, good. Uh, I, I just learned <laughs> good. that uh what's his name Kalen DeBoer just just went to Alabama is that I, official I I don't know it's trending it's trending it's got to be <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's right. It's in my face. Twitter won't get it out of my face. Yeah.
0: I, th- I think by the time you're listening to this, um, the yeah. UW football program has completely fallen apart, which I, I don't think either of us mind too much. Okay. Um,
1: you got another would you rather? I do. So this I, didn't is... mean, I didn't mean to interject. It's just, oh. it's just Twitter. Look, it, you know. live live. <laughs> Just live live, live updates that are going to
0: date by the time this recording ends, <laughs> let, let us, alone we're going to post it, I think is great. It's what we're known for, absolutely. So, Lou Stagner, who uh, you know, I think he's kind of jumped the shark at this point. I, don't, I know you like him a lot, but it's it's kind of enough from Lou at this yeah, point. Yeah,
1: no, I would agree with that. <clears throat> he,
0: he 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 posted this, and he uh, he he made it sound like it's a uh, a difficult <laughs> a difficult. Would you rather? So, you get one shot to get a million dollars, Nick. Here are your two options. Option one, eight foot putt. Gentle uphill right to left break. Gotta make it. For you will say left to right. Option Thank two. <laughs> well, option two, one hundred yards in fairway. Hole cut dead center of the green. Green's a receptive, no win. Gotta hit it inside 20 feet. What are you taking? So what we're saying is you can either hit a shot from a hundred yards inside of twenty feet or hit an eight-foot putt in the hole for a million dollars. Nick, which one are you taking?
1: Uh well it's interesting because you said this is an easy choice and for me it is an easy choice but i don't know if my choice is th- the right choice are you taking the full shot no i'm taking the putt yeah it's I'm the, putt. the putt. okay well um, my my iron play is like bad <laughs> even by my handicap standards so that's not even an option but i'm like yeah, it, it seems like that is much harder but maybe people who actually can like find the face on their irons would, would think that's <laughs> <laughs> that's a reasonable choice
0: hit the grooves at a sand wedge
1: Yeah, Yeah. it's
0: not too much to ask. I do think that these are sort of um, interesting from this perspective. Am I doing this in the middle of a round, or am I going out cold and doing this? Because let's say I'm doing this on the 10th hole, and let's say one part of my game is really good. Let's just say my short irons are – I'm just on it. I know if I'm inside 100 yards, I'm going to get it inside of 15 feet, regardless of the distance. And let's say I'm putting really poorly. Like I'm missing three-footers. I'm trying to lag it from 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 twelve feet. Like I've had those days before, chiefly at Chambers Bay, um, where I'm just praying it goes in the hole. I'm I'm hitting putts, trying not to miss them. That's 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 kind of my thought going okay. into it. You and Dustin Johnson, <laughs> yeah, just it, it, it haunts us both to this day. <laughs> um, so it from that perspective, yeah, I would I would take the hundred yard shot, but more more often than not, I'm, I'm taking the eight footer because that's that's a putt you should give a chance. And so many things can go around with a full swing, but on a putt, I'm probably going to hit the center of the club face most of the time. Not all the time, most of the time.
1: Yeah. The, yeah. There there was another ridiculous one. We'll have to find it. It was something about like, would you rather be a scratch golfer who hits it 250 or, a, or an eight handicap who hits it 300 or something like that? And then there was like people arguing both scenarios because like who's got the better potential. And it's like, who needs potential if you're already scratched? Like, how good are you trying to get? Like, do you, do you
0: love your family? And there's and there's always these ones that's like, okay, you can have one of these for the rest of your life. Hit every drive over 300 yards. Uh, Like, hit hit every green from inside 100 yards. Never three-putt again or get out of every bunker. And it's like, of course I'm never going to three-putt again. Like, that means if I have a 50-foot putt, I'm guaranteed to get down in two every single time. That's obviously going to help my score. <sighs> golf Digest, just actually like do some journalism once in a while. It's, I know. They're, they're it's okay. Um, it's okay.
1: How do we, how do we like change golf Twitter? I think, I think step one is like not engaging with, with shit like this. Well, we're unfortunately, it, unfortunately, two
0: things. One, we're not going to change it. And two, we just ate up some time on a podcast. So I, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. These things exist <clears> for <throat> us to tear apart. That's, that's what to me is, is, is fun about it is this is, see, it's okay for us because we're punching up. I hate when people punch down on social media where it's someone who has a lot of followers and it's someone who's trying to make, like, I don't know, maybe a slightly disingenuous comment, but is earnest to them. And, you know, a big behemoth of a person just shits all over them because they have a lot of followers. That comment gets a lot of likes. And it's like, no, punch up. Shit on people like Golf Digest. They have all the money, they have all the resources, and the best they can do is to shit out something like this about four very mundane options. Actually do (laughs) something exciting. Like, it's really not that hard. You have unlimited resources. You're traveling to all these golf tournaments across the world. Like, the one gal, I don't even think she works for... um, uh, Golf Digest, but Claire Rogers, she's fantastic. She, ha- I, th- I think she works for Golf.com. She has this bit where it's called The Scoop, and she interviews golfers in ice cream shops. Now that to me is like actually a good bit. And she's like had Nellie Corda and she's had Rory and she's very funny on golf Twitter. People like that are great, but she's far and few between. It's mostly the assholes from Barstool, which I know they're very popular, but give me a fucking break. And then it's golf digest and these freaks out here. No laying up, I get it, they're too cool for school, but there's this there's this gap between sort of everybody up here and everyone down at the bottom, like the reply people. There's not this middle class of golf social media like there used to be and I think that's kind of what you were alluding to earlier with no laying up where you know maybe like five six years ago there was a different vibe about them but now they are too school for school it's like there's one thing when you're an outsider and you build your way up but when your podcast is sponsored by Titleist it's tough to really give objective outsider takes
1: yeah exactly and I think that's just like the the course like successful Enterprises take like you you start off like doing something different than than what's out there, and then the the bigger you become and the more successful you you become, the thing you were trying to to like rival, like you know, be the opposite of in the first place, and that's you know that's just where they're. I mean. It's, it's not a bad place to be. Yeah, look,
0: they're happy. It's like no shade, honestly, because that is what happens. It's like it's like if you're a band or something, right? You create a couple hit records, you become famous, and then you're making more mainstream music and more people like you, but the people who liked you at first think you're full of shit now because you sold out. So it's a really difficult place to be in because, hey, selling out rules because selling out means you're very comfortable. You get more access. It's like being the starving artist, there's not a lot of um, – I don't know, reward in doing that other than the diehards that loved you from the beginning. It's so true. And with that, it is time for our <laughs> Mad Golfer of the Week. I need a drink of water. I'm keeping that in. Don't worry. We're we're keeping it all in. Mm-hmm. In, in real time, we haven't done a recording in a month. This is probably... I would say there was less time... <laughs> when... You, when when you had kids, I think there was less time in between we when we talked between our our most recent recording which we did I think a week before Christmas and right now. But I think we're killing it.
1: Yeah, I think this is some of, this is our best stuff of the year for sure. <laughs> the
0: mad golfer of the week is from Lewis Quissett Golf Club. Again, we're continuing to try to find Nick a golf course. I mean, Nicky, we're we're kind of getting down to it, bud. We need we need to start zeroing in on mm-hmm. where you're actually Going to join next year. I suspect other things have taken precedent, and perhaps you haven't focused your attention on this recently.
1: Haven't haven't had much time to to really dive into this lately. Also, I don't want to rush this decision. Oh. I don't feel like I don't feel like necessarily a decision has to be made right away, or even has to be made. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into it more later. But uh, I'm I'm in no no rush to make this decision. However, I will say. I'm glad you picked Lewis Quissett Golf Club for the Mad Golf of the Week because uh, my Nick Rules relates pretty specifically to this course. Um, and also, there was a time when we spoke and I said, I hung up the call and I said, I'm going to go play golf. And Lewis Quissett Golf Club was was the place I was going to go, but I never ended up making it. Uh, something something else came up between the time I hung up this oh. call and got downstairs to my car, um, so I didn't ever get to play. But it's on my list, mm-hmm. and it is it's on my list of, of places. It's an option for twenty twenty four. I will. It is. Still, it is still a contender. Yes.
0: So do you do you, do you see yourself circling the wagons in January, or is this more of a February March activity in terms of podcast planning?
1: It's it's probably February. Okay. It's probably February. Sure. Maybe like maybe tentatively like sometime around Valentine's Day. Oh, we'll like speaking of making it official and like uh, having a relationship, like maybe that's like something we could tie in. I don't know, um, but yeah, it, it's 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 probably February.
0: I I think that's great. So right. Lewis Quissett Golf Club, which I was unsure how to pronounce, and an old broadcaster's trick. You do a couple things. This first one's from Lace. She says, "Look it up on YouTube. Someone's probably said it on YouTube." I tried that, couldn't find it. I love calling and hanging up on people. I know I should probably say hello or acknowledge it, but all I do is I call a place, and as soon as they answer and they say the name of the place, I just hang up because that's all I need. Am I going to waste thirty more seconds explaining that I just needed to hear them say the it's, name? No. It's,
1: it's like when you call a place to find out if they're open. Ash always makes me do this. Like we're going to order, <laughs> we're going to order food from somewhere, and, and before we look at the menu, she's like, "Call, and make sure they're open." And they pick up. And then I'm like, you don't want to be like, "Hi, are you open?" Because you've gotten the answer to that. But yeah. I don't want, I don't, I don't hang up on them. So I, I'm always like, uh, "What are your hours today?" Or you know, like, I, I just something to like acknowledge that they took the time to answer the phone without just hanging up on them. So sometimes, yes, but I, yeah.
0: Sometimes, and this is true. Sometimes when I call a course to ask about like punching the greens or asking about what a question that I think is dumb, I'll use a fake voice. So when I show up. <laughs> I'll show so when I show up, they know it's not that asshole who called and asked the dumb question earlier about, Mm. like, do you guys have club sandwiches or whatever? You know, (laughs) y'all do turkey? (laughs) Anyway, here we go. So it is Louis Quisset. I thought it perhaps it was Louis Quisset or it was some sort of Mm. French pronunciation, but it's just Louis Quisset. It's Louis Quisset Golf Club. I need another drink of water, Nick. Can you feel the space?
1: I I like. The concept that it could have been Louis Quisset, I, I think we I think we should go with that. And I think if I if I join there, I'll, I'll get you some Louis Quisset merch, and, and you can tell everybody that's how it's pronounced.
0: I love that. That'll be our pet name for it. This Our mad golfer of the week is F. Garrett Reese. F. Garrett Reese. Here's what he has to say. Quote, I was dismayed by my recent visit to Louis Quisset Golf Club. A lack of dress code disclosure on Golf Now led to a standoff with a pro shop employee over my attire. A collared windbreaker deemed unsuitable. <laughs> what a start. An offer to purchase an overpriced shirt felt like a sales trap. Requesting a refund, the staff mockingly mimed action twice with no follow through. Just empty assurances and smug dismissals, pretending to click buttons on his computer. Unbelievable rudeness and dishonesty. This dishonesty, under the guise of policy enforcement, speaks volumes of the club's customer service ethos. Buyers beware of hidden rules and unscrupulous practices. Lewis Quissett left me feeling undervalued and deceived. A club I'll avoid in the future.
1: Early contender for best one of the year. Certainly the I best mean, pros this is this is so good, okay. Um, he's pissed off that golf now did not outline, <laughs> outline the, the dress code. There was no sign that said no jeans. Oh my God, I know. like I, I would love to see what he was wearing. A collared windbreaker. Like, <laughs> you roll straight in off the track?
0: I know. It's yeah from
1: 1987. Um, and then I I want I got so many of these. I wish I could be like a fly on the wall or have like the security camera like was was the guy like mocking like I'm going to get your refund. Click, Whoa. Click, 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 click 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 click. Oh, it's not opening. <laughs> like I would love to see how how egregious this this like was or it's just when you just get one side of the story and that person is very worked up there it it leaves open the possibility of so many different realities um this this one is so good pretending to click buttons on his computer (laughs) i'm air clicking buttons i'm just with i mean i it's 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 so good i mean folks show up to the golf course like looking like you're going to a golf course (laughs) especially if it's a place you've never been before
0: i must say if f garrett reese just typed this out without proofreading it or going to thesaurus.com to try and to punch it up, it is quite well written. The end, this, this dishonesty under the guise of policy enforcement speaks volumes about the club's customer service ethos. Buyers beware of hidden rules and unscrupulous practices. No scruples at Lewis Quissett Golf Club. Nick, I have to ask, does this
1: review by F. Garrett
0: kind of change your opinion at all?
1: And I'm not even joking. This makes me more likely to join this <laughs> golf club. Congratulations, F. Garrett Reese. You
0: are the Mad Golfer of the Week. And with that, <clears throat> it is now time for Nick Rules, brought to you by Matchstick Golf. Use promo code TURN20 at checkout.
1: All right. For Nick Rules this week, we're going to step out of the official USGA rule book. and We're going to step into West Texas. no the moral the moral rule oh um as it pertains to a milestone round so as you know i would love to break 80 for the first time in my life we've we've mentioned this in our group chat with brian Romy, and brian Romy has made some sort of um premise that that it should be on a a par 71 or par 72 course in order to, to count which is totally fair i mean that the that makes sense um so lewis Quissett golf club is a nine hole course and and the nine holes is a par 34 so if you if you play 18 holes there it's a par 68 now i'll say most of the golf courses around here like i I don't know if there if i can find a a public course it's par 72 most are par 70 there may be one or two that are a a 71 but but almost no matter where i play it's going to be you know par 70 you know, somewhere around around that. If I may, it's because they're all about three hundred years old. <laughs> that's that's the reason. Not that, enough that's space. The yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people. There's not a lot of land. Um, you know, so which is fine. I I don't really care that much, honestly. I just want to play golf. But when it pertains to a milestone round, okay, I want your opinion. This is not a this is not a lecture. It's a conversation. What is what is breaking eighty? Does does breaking eighty on a par 70 course count does breaking 80 on a par 68 course count does breaking 80 on a course where it's a nine hole course and you played it twice count um and and not to get an answer to this but to to find other people's opinions i I went down a a reddit rabbit hole and there are all sorts of takes and it's all over the place so i wanted to just i just wanted to pose the question to you
0: well, uh, if I may, I have a I have a real life example. The course that was the actual course that my high school played our home matches on and practiced that for the first three years of my life was Topo Scott. Uh, rest in peace. No longer exists. I just looked it up because I thought it was sub seventy. It is a par. It was a par sixty nine. Length of four thousand eight hundred eighty seven yards. Slope of ninety six. Rating of sixty four. That was the course that I broke 90 on for the first time. I shot 89 there, so at 20 over, which would have been a 92 on a par 72 course. I was, I want to say, like, I don't know, 16, 15? And, uh, yeah, you better believe I thought that I broke 90 and, and didn't really care. I think, ultimately, it comes down to what we've talked about in the past. Does it matter to you, do you think you made that accomplishment? Because we talked about that at a hole-in-one pitch and putt courses or a par three course. And if that scorecard is an all-time round, so if it's a fridge scorecard, can you walk by that with pride or does it require an asterisk and an explanation when your buddy comes over for a beer and he looks at that thing? So I think those are the two barometers that I would have.
1: I mean, it's so funny in that... I I think it's ridiculous, and we do this in golf all the time, to, to like, argue something that's so black and white. Like, did you – is the score you shot more than 80 or is it less than 80? I mean, like, when it all boils down to, like, that's what we're talking about, and it it totally is, like, up to the person who who did it. Like, I could go out to to Lewis Quissett and shoot 79, which would be 11 over, like, you know, would be 82 on a – or 83 on a par 72, you know, and say, hey, I broke 80 or really it only matters to the, to the person that does it. All right. And then like you get into such a gray area. Like what if I shoot 76? What if I shoot 77? What if I shoot 78 from the forward tees? Like what if I want to play the forward tees a little bit? What if, you know, what if I'm playing a par 70 course, but I, but I'm playing it at like 4,900 yards. You know what I mean? Like, where do you, if, if shooting 79 on a par 68, isn't breaking 80, then like, then you have to, say that like okay there needs to be a yardage in a par or whatever so like i don't know i I, i'm really not one to debate like black and white things like sure it's it's not the same as as a 79 on a par 68 is not the same as a 79 on a par 72 nobody's saying that but we we tend to like try to create a gray area on these black and white things like does a hole in one count well did the ball go in the hole like if you were putting one the ball, shot. would you exactly like? It's either in the hole or it's not. It's binary, but we, well, we create this gray area.
0: We do, but but golf, I think, is not to get too existential. But golf is a gray area. the whole The whole game is a gray area. I mean, it cuts both ways. I broke par last year. I did it on a par seventy three golf course, so I shot seventy two, but I broke par. So seventy one sounds about ten shots lower than seventy two, which is Why I was so mad, I had a 4-foot birdie putt on 18 that I missed. And I knew that even though I broke par, I could just say 71, and everyone knows what that means. But I couldn't say 72. It's like, oh, cool, par. It's like, no, it's I, I broke par. So it kind of works both ways. I understand there's all these caveats with all of this. But, I mean, to be honest, Nick, if I shot 69 at that Topo Scott golf course on a par 79... And I tell people that I shot 69, like, and I put that on my fridge and I circled the 69, you know, it's to me, that's not binary. That that round isn't as good as a 71 at U of
1: I, for example, you know? Sure. It's not as good, but that's what there's a whole system out there. (laughs) That, that compares how good a 69 is compared to a yeah. 71 on a different course. And guess what? Nobody cares about that. Nobody says, it's like, so true. what was the differential you shot today? Like, if, if people really cared, like, what it meant in the barometer for, for what every score was, you'd say, like, what was your differential today? We don't. Yeah. Well, sure. We all understand. We all understand that not every 79 is created equally. Like, I think we, I think we all get that. And I think we understand that if if I ever or whenever I do finally break 80, don't say if probably it's probably going to be in some, like the easiest conditions, you know, like it's, it's not going to be at pebble beach.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What if it was, what if
1: you beat your personal record by five and it was at pebble beach? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, look, it's, it's going to be on a, on a warm, dry, calm day on a flat course on a short course from, from like, not the back. It's going to be, you know what I mean? Like Maybe, you know, so I don't know. It's worth, it's worth talking about. I think it's it's worth acknowledging that, like, yes, not every score is created the same. And, and look, for if you've got something on the line, I think it's worth creating some parameters. You can't just go out to a, to a par 3 course and, and whatever. But, um, you know, I, I I also like to draw attention to the fact that we, we like to create gray area where one does not have to exist. And we're arguing about whether 79 is greater or less than 80, depending on on what it's compared to, what the par it's compared to is, which I just think is comical.
0: Uh, it is it is really funny we just i think to take this game up and be serious about it at some point you penalize yourself unnecessarily because golf by its very nature is a masochistic game like you there are rules in place that make things harder than they don't need to be the guy that i won the golf tournament with he has these uh, little rules that he thinks should be different in the game of golf. I think you'd be fascinated by his perspective on things in terms of when you get a free drop, when you don't get a free drop, talking about bunkers and the condition of bunkers. And he, he says you should never play in a bunker that's wet because that doesn't simulate what real golf courses should look like. And so he gets into a lot of these existential questions. I know. Well, to me, it's it's very fascinating. I think he's wrong 95% of the time. But I think the, 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 the questions that he's raising are very interesting to me.
1: Well, it is, it is interesting because we are, I mean, we're kind of spoiled shitheads if you think about it. And, and like, if you're saying yeah. like a, a bunker, a bunker should never be wet because it's not a real bunker. Well, and I'm not, not calling out Derek, um, but no, fuck that um, <laughs> yeah, you better not even think about making him your core club and partner. Um, <laughs> he wouldn't drive out there. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> like, like what what are you comparing it to like the people who created this game right. like they didn't have like like land was land like they played from where their ball was and there was no like in when i worked with with the pga you know the one of the um tournament directors who set up golf courses explained it best is like you are not entitled to course conditions like course Couldn't conditions are like a, a luxury like you're not entitled to like a green being perfectly flat and rolling perfectly smooth like we're playing this game on planet Earth and like we take what the Earth gives us. That was kind of the
0: fun part of playing such a bad time of year because it's almost like, if you like, Because we met an eagle on that hole and we're like, oh my God, we picked up at least a stroke in the field. No, because the pins were in crazy positions too. So I love thinking about it from that perspective. And yeah, I always go back to the fact that if you look at pictures of Augusta National, watch some footage of Jack Nicholas and Lee Trevino playing Augusta in 1971. It looks like you're Muni. It doesn't look like anything what it looks like today. That's all a very recent thing in the last 30 to 35 years. So I completely agree. I think like weird course conditions or average or below average course conditions by whatever the, you know, standard is. I think it's a hoot because ev- ultimately everyone's got to play the same course. And if you don't let it get in your head, I think that's great. Jack Nicklaus always said that. He knew that at the US Open, all he had to do was not make mistakes, and so many guys would just crumble because they would just get affected and frustrated by things. That Greg Norman, you know, that that happened to him all the time. I think it's a fascinating conversation. Yeah. And that is Nick Rules. Okay, so I guess, um, like I said, we're only six weeks away in in Oregon. You guys don't start till April, right?
1: Yeah, April 1st.
0: Okay, so we got some time. By the way, as we wrap up, I already put it on my Google calendar when the applications open for 2025 Masters tickets. It opens June 1st. I'm going to let you know we're not missing the lottery again this year. <laughs> what an oversight. <clears throat> embarrassing i'm on it hey thank you for listening we'll be back every week from here until nick breaks 80 and then the podcast will end i think at that point
1: (laughs) what a way to go out
0: i'm Lacey evans thanks for listening and we'll see you next time at the turn